0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Free Association on Sportsnet.ca. I am J.D. Bunkus. He is Donovan Bennett. And we are here to preview the Raptors trade deadline. Whatever that might entail. Maybe nothing. Maybe something. I don't know how you feel about it. We're going to get to that. And also, this just in. Raptors news. Actually, let me just ask you this. Is this news to you, what we're about to say?
1: Not really. Yeah. No. It, to me, the news is that the Knicks don't want their trade deadline being run by someone who's not going to be around for the foreseeable future.
0: That's actually really interesting. I hadn't really thought about one component of that here, but for those of you that don't know, by the time this has come out, Adrian Wojnarowski has reported that the Knicks have parted ways with Steve Mills, their general manager and according to Wojnarowski, and this is his tweet. Knicks owner, James Dolan is targeting Toronto president Masayu Jiri to ultimately oversee New York's operations league sources tell ESPN. He is under contract through 2020, 2021 season in Toronto. Masai Ujiri has long been Jim Dolan's dream candidate to run the Knicks, but here's what's already complicating the issue. Ujiri's contract and the Knicks reluctance to give up draft compensation to Toronto sources tell ESPN. The other tweet that's already come out since then is that Dolan has already had conversations with one possible candidate, and uh, uh, that's obviously not Masai Ujiri. So, The first thing is, this is just the Knicks classically being the Knicks. They're heading into the trade deadline. There's rumors that maybe there's some teams interested in Julius Randle, and they fire their GM and leave it in the hands of Scott Perry, who will continue in the role. I guess you can't do anything that's going to ultimately change your franchise too much if you're the Knicks, because that's a two-year contract. That's kind of when you'd be looking to bring Masai in here, but... You would still want someone at the helm who feels like they're going to have a long-term future with the team if they're making long-term moves, no?
1: Yeah, or someone who's just going to take the money and the opportunity and hope to knock it out of the park. I mean... That's true. Mills and Perry hires were lauded around the league finally okay the knicks are going to get guys who have been in front offices that have been successful that are respected by players and agents that they're going to do it the right way that they're going to do it through the draft and not worry about making big splashes and free agency that they're going to let them work that they're going to let them hire a coach and have that coach foresee a plan for three four or five years and then very quickly james dolan made them have a dual press conference which is super awkward to say that he, They weren't happy with where the team was, even though the whole point was this going to be a long, long progression. And they fire the coach. Now they've fired one of the executives. It's just, even when James Dolan was trying to do the right thing and have a basketball ops group that worked in isolation and made smart, long-term decisions for sustained success, he can't help himself. And that's why this is not new news because we've heard Masai and the Knicks rumored for a while. We, we talked about, would you trade Kristaps Perzingis for Masai, And some people said, oh, he's a unicorn for sure. And I said, no, because an executive at a high level is more valuable and has a longer shelf life. And Masai is a unicorn. Than, than any player. And I suppose Masai is a unicorn. But, I mean, this is very simple. I've said Masai should be interested in New York. It's the Mecca. He just shouldn't be interested in James Dolan. So until James Dolan sells the team, Masai for someone who values the two Cs, competency and character, Mm -hmm. I don't see how he's getting that in New York situation. To make a real life example so people can see crystal clear what I mean.
0: Temptation Island is
1: an outstanding
0: television show. Is it still running?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought you,
0: Temptation Island was something that came out when I was like in high school. It
1: did. It's back. And okay. the season just ended. Make sure <laughs> you watch it on Raw. You're Robles my reality
0: TV go-to guy. Like, If I need to know about reality TV, you got it at that corner.
1: Proud to have the rule. You separate. You go on an island and are tempted by many singles who are there to tempt you. <laughs> but then periodically at the end of every episode, at the bonfire, get a little iPad. Mm-hmm. You can see what your better or sometimes worse half is up to. Masai jury doesn't need an iPad. He doesn't need a bonfire. He's seen the bonfire that is the New York Knicks. It is a bonfire. He's been in the same division. He's fleeced them multiple times. So to think that, oh, well, they, they don't have an executive in the role. Messiah is thinking, oh, my goodness, what a great opportunity. It didn't matter if there was an executive role or not. He's known that he could have that job whenever he wanted. Mm-hmm. He could snap his fingers. And so ultimately... This is not news. The only news is that it's trending on Twitter. And the only reason is because everyone is following Woj for Woj bombs at this time of year. Mm -hmm. And because Raptors fans still with a championship, still with Masai Ujiri saying, we will win in Toronto. We will win again in Toronto. They have an inferiority complex about whatever happens in this team. And if it's not a great player leaving, David Sotomayor, Vince Carter, Chris Bosh, the next worst thing would be the architect leaving. Oh, and
0: Kawhi. Yeah, Toronto's been hurt before, all right? Toronto's got old scars. We've been through the relationships on Temptation Island. We're the guy who goes to Temptation Island who's like, I think she's the one. I've been cheated on before, but not this one. I'm sure there's been that guy. And then she pulls out the iPad and it's like, again? Because it was like Kawhi. We believed it when it was the helicopter. Not, Not to get into gender stereotypes, but normally it's the girl who says that. It's
1: the girl who says the guy won't cheat and the guy cheats? No, it's the girl who's been cheated on before and needs to see the guy be trustworthy, and then she sees the guy in the hot tub.
0: Listen, I'm asking the, my number one draft choice in the office for a guy who would pass Temptation Island, this question, but has a guy ever not cheated on Temptation Island? Like, I feel like if you're the kind of guy who goes on that show in the first place, you're you're cheating. Like... What are we doing here? They're showing you Temptation Island, and the whole goal are the other women, ladies of the evening. Like, how does this operate in the sense of like it's a guaranteed slam dunk layup? No, I mean they're Instagram influencers. Slam dunk who layup made maybe clown. sound like a
1: cheesiest uh, person ever, but yeah, you've asked for the temptation- Instagram people. The same thing. Yeah, yeah, you've asked for the Temptation Island analytics. Yeah, I'll give them to you. More <laughs> often than not, your original mm-hmm. assessment is correct. Guy says. We need to go on Temptation Island, see what our relationship is like. Girl reluctant, but does it. But what happens is mm. that girl's been tanning for mm-hmm. 10 days. They've been working out. And there's 20 guys who mm. are tanning. feeding into them working about out. how good they are, and they deserve better. And more often than not.
0: <laughs> I want to be on that part of the island. It's
1: more often than not. I would kill that role. The girls go there reluctantly, okay. and they leave with a new perspective, a new mm. assessment on what their market value is. Let's just
0: say that. Hmm. I love the show. When is it on? <laughs> Do we have it? <laughs> Sign me up. This is like throwback times when I used to watch a date when I was in high school late at night. It's date. Remember that one? That was a good one. Uh, it was basically four jocks calling each other pejoratives for 30 minutes or four girls desperately thinking that this was their break and then ending up in a hot tub that was not full of dreams. It was... Not full of dreams, ladies. That was more of a uh, Roger Lodge blonde date. Oh, yeah. That was good, too. Uh, as a great philosopher
1: once said, don't leave like your girl right. around me. True player for real.
0: Oh, I was going to say, don't bring your girl to Temptation Island. Same. <laughs> to, same if difference. the island is called Temptation Island, you'd be like, let's not go there. It's like the Titanic. They're like, how close is that iceberg, would you say? Close enough. We should probably steer clear of that iceberg. Steer clear of Temptation Island. So the Knicks have had... Since Derek Fisher, how many coaches? I don't know. It's their fourth. A guy named Mike Miller, who, honestly, I don't really even know a thing about Mike Miller. Like, It's not Mike Miller, the basketball player. It's Mike Miller, the NBA coach, who is a guy. He's a guy who came from a place. That's what I know about him. Yeah, it's a disaster, man. They've They've been chanting the Knicks fans recently, sell the team to James Dolan. And to me, this feels like this is James Dolan's last hurrah. This is his... His final stand is if he can get Masai Ujiri, it buys him love in the city. It really does. All of a sudden, he's back into the good graces. Where hey, say what you will about James Dolan, the lack of success. If there's an executive that you want in basketball and you trust, Knicks fans would want the guy that burned that's their bridge. True. You don't think so? He brought Phil Jackson. Yeah, but Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson, a former Nick, a guy
1: with enough rings for both hands, and it was a mess. It may have been the worst. But they didn't stretch. bring him
0: to be. They brought him to be an executive, and that was the problem. True, but he's it, but he's he's still a winner.
1: And we, sure. we have no idea if he was a good executive because he wasn't allowed to be an executive because James Dolan medals in everything. I just if, – if I'm James Dolan and I'm looking at the Raptors and I'm running a business, sure, you can shoot your shot and go for a jury which has not happened. And you would have to give up some pick compensation and it would be expensive. But the prudent business decision would be like, why don't I go holler at Bobby Webster? We, his wife has a business in New York. He spent time working in the league office. Because Bobby Webster and,
0: is not selling tickets. The fan base is like, who, the wedding guy? The wedding planner? No, thank you.
1: Okay, but you know who wasn't selling tickets before Before he was who he was? Masai Ujiri. I know,
0: but and that's And then the, the Denver
1: thing. Nuggets said, well, we can't get Brian Colangelo, but maybe we can get Masai Ujiri."
0: But that's the thing. So, the so, Yankees don't go get Garrett Cole before Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. They go get you once you're Garrett Cole. And this is the mentality of New York, is you're not here to learn on the fly. You're not here to get better and grow and become something here. This is Broadway. This is once like the play has gone through the crappy circuits, once we've already done all the the little markets, now you get the big stage. Now they're, you get the big play. That's great.
1: That sounds nice. How's that worked? Well, crap. Like we talk we talk, about crap. The, we talk about the Knicks as if they're like this cornerstone franchise. Oh my goodness. Basketball would be great if the Knicks were good. When were the Knicks good?
0: The Patrick, they were eyed. No, they 99, made, that was a good team. How many banners do they have? None, but that's okay. not just because they sucked. Like, good teams lose. They went to one finals, and yeah. John Starks shot
1: them out of it. Yeah. Like, but we talk about the franchise. That was a good run of basketball. Yeah. LJ, Big Shots, Allen Houston. They're not the Lakers. They're not the Celtics. Sure. They're not even the Spurs or the Heat. To have the audacity to think that this is a cornerstone franchise and people should want to be there, why? Because your tickets are expensive? <laughs> Like, the, the, the how many championships do the Knicks have? Dude, I feel None like I'm no, no, taking
0: crazy I, pills. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. Like, why? Because we did this conversation, like, a couple of months ago, and I was do, saying all the things that you were saying, and you were like, but it's the Mecca, but they'll have all the money. Like, they'll be able to afford Masai Ujiri, all these opportunities and all this platform outside of basketball. Yeah, no,
1: no, I agree that there are many reasons why the draw would be real, not just for Masai, but for the people who are working around Masai. Mm-hmm. Teresa and Bobby, who... We're in New York, who have worked in the league office. So I, I get that the draw is real in that it's different if his Giants docuseries is being promoted not just by the Raptors and in the outlets here in Canada, but by MSG Network. It's different if he's sitting down with ABC and NBC and not CBC and City. I, I, I get, like, the sheer numbers of, of why that would... cities a Rogers outlet. All the Rogers
0: properties. I, I get the why that ones.
1: would be... Alluring, but there's a massive roadblock. I am the first to say that it's a threat, mm-hmm. but there's a massive roadblock, and that's James Dolan. My point is the news that we heard today that James Dolan is interested is not new, nope. and doesn't eliminate the problem. And that would be that James Dolan is the one that's interested, and so that's why what I'm pushing back is the fact that this is trending
0: on Twitter right now. Yeah, not that messiah would think and entertain it. No, this is old news. We've we've hashed this conversation to death. In fact. All I'm going to say about it is the thing that scares me the most is I do think Masai Jiri cares so much about elevating his country through sport. And if he thinks that this is going to make a major difference, and I don't know if it will, like the stuff you just said makes sense to me. I can't think on that level. I don't understand at that level of just, you know, how big Masai's reaches here versus in New York and what those equate to in terms of real dollars and contributions from donors, all those things. Like, I just, I don't know. I assume that they're bigger in New York. I just don't know what the gap is the part that actually scares me the most is what I can understand is that Masai Ujiri, I think could fix the Knicks. And I bet he thinks he could fix the Knicks. And when it comes to things you can do in sports, you're right. They're not the Lakers. They're not these things, but you know what they are? The Cubs, they're the Red Sox. Red Sox didn't have success for a long time. And then Theo Epstein came won with those, both those franchises and now it's like Theo Epstein is the executive that you'll probably remember the most from your lifetime. That is the scary proposition here when it comes to Masai Ujiri is like, if he looks at it as, well, can I become basketball Theo Epstein where I won in Toronto and then I won in New York, Oof, to come full circle with the making your name off of New York and then coming home and rebuilding New York. Like I just, There's a, there's a story that you can tell there that makes me a little scared. So, I think
1: Masai is confident in his abilities personally. Yeah. But fixing the New York Knicks is not just isolation in terms of making draft picks, making trades. There is so much that goes into having a good organization and winning You're right. a championship. Are you going to allow me to have more scouts in Africa than anybody no, else? No, dude. I are you, you going to allow me to build up my analytics department? Are you allowed me to have and really invest in my g-league franchise are you going to allow me to have real diversity on my staff so that when i came in we had one female really working in a big way on the team now a couple years later we have 14 mm-hmm. are you going to allow me to that do true? that are, it is What what you think i just pulled that no, number out saying, of the
0: sky? no i just it was, it's a good number
1: are you going to allow me to do all those things but also are you going to contribute to a culture where all of those things are possible Everything that we've seen from James Dolan, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. So unless that changes and Masai Messiah is convinced that it will, I don't know. Have you ever heard about the story, of the, the parable, the dog with the bone?
0: Tell me. Refresh my memory. My, Maybe I, I've heard it. I don't my, know what it is you're saying. dad
1: would tell this to me and my brother all the time. Dog with a bone. He's got the bone in his mouth. And he comes up to a stream and he sees his reflection. And he sees another bone that when the reflection looks bigger and shinier. And so he goes after it in the water. What happens? He drops the bone in his mouth and it goes down the river. Messiah Jury right now is the dog with the bone. Like you can look at afar and see everything in New York and the bright lights and how beautiful it is. But until you walk in that door and really see the lay of the land in this system that you would have to operate with under, I don't know if it's bigger or better. And I think that's why to this point, he hasn't moved. Now, do I think this is amazing leverage for him? 100%. I don't think there is an executive in sports who has more leverage than Masai Ujiri. Let's just dream up a number. What number could Masai roll across the table to Larry Tannenbaum in a LOI, Letter of Intent, and say, yeah, that's what I'm going to cost? So. And, and him saying, no, no, can't do it. Like, what is that number? I don't even know where you start. But whatever it is, I think tannenbaum has got to go to the board and be like, uh... a lot but what's the other alternative
0: so I'm talking out of my ass here but you're right when it comes to his leverage I can't remember another executive with leverage like this even when Epstein left Boston it was there was some contentiousness and Boston was like don't worry we're bigger than you Toronto doesn't have that here you're right Masai Ujiri Masai is the Raptors man Like right now, this iteration, we talk about turnover and losing certain players and trying to build guys back up. I know the Raptors are like this incredible composition of players. They're well coached. They've been able to like Kyle Lowry is so unbelievably important in terms of holding a standard to these guys of work ethic and not having games off and all these different things. But I don't think it's a coincidence that the Raptors hit on the guys like Terrence Davis. It's like all those things you mentioned about the Knicks that they don't have Toronto has because of Masai Ujiri, like losing Masai would be losing a real piece of yourself. If you're Toronto, like he's just, he's not replaceable. And the thing that I wonder, this is the talking out of my ass part is if you're James Dolan and you're sitting there and you're hearing the chance of sell the team, sell the team, and it's another coach and it's another disaster and you're hated in New York. And the whole reason that you've done this is to be loved, right? You're an owner of a team so that you get love of the city and that you live forever, that your name extends beyond basketball. Do you not go to Masai and say, I know you can have money. I know you can have reach. I know you can have power. But instead of me selling all of the franchise, like here's a piece of the franchise. Here's the Magic Johnson deal. Here's the, what Bobby Orr was apparently presented by the Bruins. Here's the ultimate chip that Toronto can offer you. And that's, Actual ownership of something that is going to last beyond you, beyond your children, beyond your children's children. It's, a, it's the New York Knicks are never going anywhere.
1: I mean, that was the rumor in terms of what Ted Leonsis was willing to do in Washington and give him a title where he would be overseeing not just the basketball operations, but the sporting ventures as a whole. Mm-hmm. The only way I could see this being nudged more in that direction is – the fact that the Knicks are such an embarrassment, not even on themselves, yeah. on the entire league. on a night when basically the league is openly mourning Kobe Bryant, the Knicks get into a brawl because they're upset that Jay Crowder took a meaningless three and shoves him
0: into the stands. There was too much time left on the clock for him to not shoot that three, which is the most confusing part about it. Like there was still like 46 seconds left.
1: It's just one of the dumb unwritten rules. After the game, John Morant's talking about the fact that he can't even get a warm shower in the locker room. Plus, you think
0: that's true? I call that liars who lie.
1: Why would he make that up?
0: I don't know. You're just kind of in New York and you want to embarrass them. Like, what do you mean you couldn't get? Maybe, like, so a maintenance guy went down and shut off all the hot water. Like, I don't know. That seemed like he was trying to kick dirt on the Knicks, which is fine. I love John Morant.
1: I don't think anything surprises me coming out of that building. One of their most beloved players, security put him in a headlock and dragged them out of the building. Yeah, they're a disgrace. Like, you can't make this stuff up. If there was a Ballers for basketball mm-hmm. and that that was in the show, like remember Playmakers? <laughs> they did that. If yeah, someone wrote Playmakers that script. was good, man. Well, until the NFL said no more. But if someone made the script of the Knicks, people would be like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. They're a mess. The only reason I, I could see it is if Adam Silver said, this isn't a disgrace, not just on the franchise, on the entire league. And so the same way David Stern... Said to Jerry Colangelo, "Hey, guess what? You're gonna go fix Philadelphia because this tanking stuff is embarrassing us. No, you can't make Masai go. I just I could see Adam Silver, who is friends with Masai, saying, man, this is almost bigger than you or the Knicks. This is embarrassment on the league. So give it some consideration.' I'm just saying. Like, you, you don't think real talks ha- happen like that at a high level?
0: Do you? don't think the the NBA is worried about what's going on in New York? Right I'm a now? very paranoid person, all right. It's why." I left marijuana alone because I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm too paranoid. Like it makes me feel bad, so I'm gonna leave it. So yeah, you putting that in my head, like it works. Like I'm already anxious about it. I'm already anxious about some type of a fake dinner that those two guys are having and they're manufacturing their way to the next. I'm with you. I think this is the overall takeaway here is that you and I both believe James Dolan is still a greater impediment to the Raptors losing Masai Ujiri. That when it comes to draft pick capital, when we're looking at this thing of, well, the Knicks don't want to give up draft picks to get Masai Ujiri. It's like, what amount of draft picks would make sense for the Raptors? So, so many. So many. That's what you need to get to get Masai. This isn't you're trading a couple of second round picks. This is like heavy, heavy weight. to get RJ
1: Barrett in your first every other year for a decade.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I do that deal. I'm doing that deal. Sorry, Messiah, you're at the door. This is the Kawhi Leonard deal where it's like, Damar, we love you, man. But like, come on, it's Kawhi. That's what we're getting here with RJ and 10 first-round picks. But yeah, that it's a threat. It's scary. It's going to be scary for Raptors fans until it goes away. We have that scar tissue, that Temptation Island. I almost called it Treasure Island. That Temptation Island scar tissue. But that, as of right now, this is not new news. And yeah, we're both basically rooted in the same thing. You, you know ready what? to move on or no? The yeah. happiest
1: person right now. such Oh. Well, wow. Woj is, he's gonna break four more things that are gonna
0: break. I Twitter know, but this is like, between he's, now and the end of this podcast. But that's the thing, he's like warming up for deadline day. He's like getting, he's getting the stroke ready. He's just like, he's starting to warm up. He's like, Oh, you were impressed right. with that Clint <laughs> yeah, Capella yeah, news on Sunday? Yeah, he's like, I got wait, something for wait you. Wait for this. No. Yeah. Wait, the f- we wanna go watch him warm up like Steph Curry, like <laughs> shoot it from the tunnel. Shoot it from the tunnel, Woj. The, the fact that this
1: quickly was trending reaffirms for me mm-hmm. that the biggest and most important person tied to the Toronto Raptors, it's not player. It's Masai Jury. And I would even say in the history of the Raptors, Isaiah Thomas and Glenn Grunwald, when they get shouted out in the Scotiabank Arena, get ovations. Imagine what Masai will get whenever he's done being the executive. If you called any show, TV, radio, podcast, say, I want to talk to a Raptor, they're asking for Masai Jury over Kyle Lowry or Pascal Siakam. Yeah, no doubt. He's literally the biggest personality that this franchise has ever had. And I think he has all of the leverage
0: in, in terms of what that contract might look like after 2021. So this pivots well into our next conversation because I, yes, I think there's a sentimentality attached to masayu Jerry. That is like, it's rare. It, it's not, it's reserved for the very, very few. And it's not just because he's a good executive. Like RC Buford has had a lot of success, right? I don't think that he's revered the same way Masayu Jerry is in Toronto. Like, it's not hyperbole when I say that I'm proud. Like I'm genuinely proud to most people don't know what RC Buford looks, but that's what I'm saying. Like Masai is not just a basketball executive. Like he's, he's the prime minister. (laughs) It's like, I'm, I, I can't believe how attached I am to an executive and how proud I like you watch his video from giants of Africa about trying to elevate women. And like, it's hard not to be like, oh right, this guy is able to think on a different level than other people. He's his time management, his his charisma, his intellect, his his passion, his charity. Like it just, it's all it's all too much. Like he's he's too important. I, I think you're right. They they offer him whatever he wants to stay here, and if he goes, it's because it's something that's outside of your control. But yeah, Raptors fans are sentimental about Masai Ujiri. The thing about him recently since the DeMar DeRozan trade is the idea that he will do anything if it improves the basketball franchise. He did it with DeMar DeRozan, and he has been on record saying that the Raptors will die trying to improve the team at the trade deadline. Before we get into mock trades or whether or not we think the Raptors are going to make a trade at the deadline, do you think sentimentality should play a role in how Masai Ujiri perceives his team heading into this deadline?
1: The great philosopher Sam Mitchell once said, Zero, zero, zero. Disagree. Listen, I, I'm going to just read some names for you. And So we had a list, I believe it was the top 30 Raptors of all time, mm-hmm. right? And it was performance, impact on the franchise. We had a similar list, favorite 30 Raptors of all time, like the most beloved
0: Everyone on this by the fan on base. The list. Matt Thomas is on the list. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's like Rondé Hollis Jefferson, my mom's favorite player, on the list. So the other
1: 16 guys yeah. on the list, some of those names – Gravis Vasquez, no question. Lou Williams, Lou. My personal favorite. Patrick Patterson, Pat Pat. That's
0: no, no, off the list now. At the time, yes. He was loved at the time. Yeah, but now it's filled. Over. The we, relationship is shattered. I tried to bring it back together on this very show, and then like two weeks later, he was taking shots at nobody in Toronto making shots during the finals. You can't, it's over.
1: You can't deny that he had people filling Scotiabank theaters.
0: But you can't deny it's over now.
1: No, but I'm saying at the time yeah. that he left. Okay, sure. People loved him. mm Corey Joseph. Yeah. And you mentioned it, DeMar DeRozan. All would make the list on the most beloved Raptors. And said deuces in very different ways Mm -hmm. to all of them. And as we look back, right, with some revisionist history, Mm -hmm. but if we look back, they were all smart decisions. Maybe Lou Williams is the one guy who you could say, well, he's played really well, well afterwards. But he doesn't play the lick of defense afterwards. And they were trying to, at the time and still are now, carve out a defensive mentality and identity. Mm-hmm. So, no, he history has proven that there is no sentimentality from him. And history has proven that he was actually right in having that approach. So, I do not think there is any whatsoever.
0: So, the difference here is...
1: Oh, actually, I should put JV on that list as well.
0: One was in the pursuit of rings.
1: What are we pursuing right now?
0: No, they have one now. And this team has won championships. And here's what I would say. They've earned the right. This is the difference. I don't think that Masai Ujiri should have sentimentality if someone comes to you with this just incredible lights out deal that you have to take because it secures so much of your now or your future. You get a chance to get a superstar, like something that's You know, pie in the sky stuff. He's not turning that down. But if you're just moderately improving your franchise, if the numbers tell you the analytics, you know, when you go to the NBA trade machine and it says you will add plus one win or minus nine wins when you do this exercise, if it says plus one win and you think that it'll win you one more game, you don't do it. You let these guys ride it out. There's a different connection that this city has to this team that we haven't had. I don't know. Maybe. I think the 2015 Blue Jays, people felt this way about them. Like They felt this way about like Jose Bautista and Edwin, and those guys, they left at the right time. But none of these guys are ready to go. Like No one's passed their due date. Some guys are still getting better. They haven't had this opportunity to just kind of coalesce as a team over the course of the entire season. Tim and Sid put this out here. Like The Raptors are fifth in the NBA in most man games lost. And you go through these teams, right? So the Warriors, they're 11-39 with 224 man games lost. The Wizards... 210, they're 17 and 31. Blazers, 201, 23 and 27. Oh, that's pretty respectable. Raptors, 168 games lost to injury. They're 36 and 14. You have to respect that. You have to care about that. You have to put more emphasis on this kind of a number and this kind of a team than on other ones. I just, we'll get to the trade, like the problems with the trade anyway. Like this is all moot. This is kind of like, this is a really safe position for me to play from because the Raptors are not likely in a position anyways to make a big splashy move just based on their contracts and where their standings are and the market, all these different factors. But I don't think you can trade Serge Baca easily. I just don't. I don't think that you can trade, like we were going into the season, Kyle Lowry like the way that they thought where they were going to be callously going to. There's probably a case that Fred Van Vliet's value is through the roof. Like you can go get a point guard who's still on a movable salary who immediately stabilizes your franchise and who's a winner and he's an unrestricted free agent. You don't know what you're going to get for him. And maybe you can upgrade someone who's got a little term or get some, dri- like you just can't do it. You have to let this group play it out based on what they've done for you. Like you tell athletes all the time, you got to go out and earn it. The Raptors have earned it. Like they've earned the benefit of the doubt here that a minor move or a risky move is just, it's not something Masai Ujiri can do sentimentality here matters. Well,
1: I mean, I think you're making a false equivalency because I don't think you make any move to improve by one game. I think every move is to eventually get you to the point five of, games, maybe not now, but closer to a championship. I think that
0: it's the goal. If not, what are you doing? And, and I think. But if that's the case, then they should sell because it's a seller's it's a seller's market right now. And they have all these guys on expiring deals like you have Fred Van Vliet, Marcus even Kyle Lowry would probably be super attractive still to a team like the Heat. You have Serge Ibaka, all these expiring contracts. You could easily move. Like, Clint Capella's in the news right now for the Boston Celtics. What do you think that the Raptors could be able to acquire if they said, Hey, Celtics, you know, Cl- Capella, like, screw it. Marcus Gasol, hey, Clippers, put some contracts together. Get the Harkless contract and get another one. And, and you want Marcus Gasol? Like, he's on the table. What will you be able to give us? They're a bad example because they don't have any first-round picks, but I'm just saying it could technically get you closer to assets to win a championship than maybe what you have with this current team. So
1: I don't disagree, but I, f- I feel like they're in the position where, what are you getting for Ibaka or Gasol? Late, max, a late first-round pick? I mean, I don't know. They've been able to get guys in the second round and make them players. Get guys that are free agents and make them players. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens to Matt Thomas, but get guys from Europe. So, you, so you're low pick capital we have a roster full of guys that we can't find minutes for i'm not taking back another pick and historically the situation was oh my goodness expiring contract you better get something for that before Mm -hmm. it leaves that's the baseball mentality that became the basketball mentality that's not the case for the raptors because you get one thing you get money off your books which is coveted right now specifically from contenders but the other thing you get is if you're the raptors Who's to say even if Marcus Sewell or Serge Ibaka go to free agency and are unrestricted, that you can't re-sign them for a third of what they're making right now? Because this off-season, based off of the market, most of the contenders are capped up or are waiting for a year and a half from now when all the big free agents are available. So who has money to spend? Memphis, Carolina, Atlanta, Charlotte. If you're a guy in your thirties. Are you going there for a rebuild? Probably not. And if you're them, is Phoenix taking away minutes from Aiden to give them to Ibaka or Grisol? No, that doesn't make sense for them either. Those guys are not going to be around by the time those teams get good. So this offseason, you can get a lot of your guys back probably for a little money if you choose to do that. So the urgency to sell them right now just for any asset in the future, even if it's not a great asset, I don't really see it there. That's why I think that they are going to stand pat. But I reject the notion that, well, they need to be sentimental because they won a championship. No, okay. no, no. It's the opposite. Because they won the championship, they can do whatever they want. They have a license to do whatever they want. They could go Bill Belichick Patriots and be callous across the board. And people are going to be like, yeah, that's fine. But look at, look at their shiny trophy that's in the lobby of the OVO Center. Do we still have that? Okay. Do what you got to do, Masai. There is no move that he makes or doesn't make that will be criticized. And so that's why I think there, there isn't any sentimentality because
0: winning that championship is freeing in a way. Yeah. I kind of even admit hating saying this because I'm not a journalist, but I'm supposed to have some measure of like, I have biases. I don't really know how to put this, but like, I love this Raptors team. I love this Raptors team more than any Raptors team I've ever enjoyed before. I might love this Raptors team more than any team in any sport ever. Just the way that they but play. You,
1: you do know they're not going to trade the entire team. I know. Right? I don't care. I don't like, want them to trade anyone. If there's
0: a piece or two here's, or three that are missing, you'll still love them. Here's the the best player I'm willing to see them trade. Ronnie Hulls Jefferson. That's the that's – the, if you're going anywhere up there, it's like I want LeBron. Like I'm serious. I, I can't do it. I I think people are so attached to this group and that people are so interested in seeing what they can do in the playoffs and – how their defense is going to translate, how potentially being fully healthy is going to translate, how seeing Pascal Siakam in this spot, seeing if the norm, the norm hot streak can actually extend in the playoffs, see if Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry can still be this dynamic duo. Of the, they're, just, they're good enough to compete, and there's nothing, let's get to this now. I don't think there's anything that they can do realistically, and now this is a good way to pivot just into what's going to happen. They're tied hand in hand. This is the whole thing. You have this sentimentality and why it should play a part is because the moves that are going to be available to you, they're just not good enough to make you change the ceiling of this team or really have enough of an impact where something is going to really – it's really going to change the outcome for this group. I just think that what you have internally is already going to decide what you do. There's nothing externally that is that is going to do something extra here. So you have those two things. You already mentioned that you're not going into 2021 because if Masai Jerry is still here and – they think they have a realistic shot at Giannis Antetokounmpo. They're not doing anything to jeopardize that. They're just re-signing guys to contracts that they believe can be moved if they need to move them, or they're standing pat completely. You're not depriving yourself of assets that would help you make a trade down the line when you have more clarity of what the team could be when you're trying to acquire something. So giving away first-round picks and prospects like Terrence Davis, I think those are less attractive to giving up because you want to have that flexibility. And so I I think the Raptors are going to stand pat, but I also think they should stand pat for those reasons.
1: I think they should stand pat as well. And I kind of explained why. Yeah. Earlier. But in terms of you liking the team. I
0: love the team.
1: But if, you, if they went out and they got Robert Covington, would you like them any less? If they, yes. got, if they got Who's
0: coming off the team? I actually have a Robert Covington trade for later. Great. He would be a great fit. Yeah.
1: If they went out and they got Andre Godala. No. Would you like them any less?
0: Yes, because I I have I'm feeling sir I'm a John Morant guy as I've said on the show he is my son I love him like I love this Raptors team and so if you are in conflict with Dylan Brooks and John Morant like we are not friendly I don't want to see you in the city Andre Godala no
1: he he hasn't even really been I know you're a
0: Warrior guy so this is tough. I'm a Grizzlies guy. No, you're a Warriors guy. I, I'm a Tale of Two Cities situation a, happening. You're going to have to Not guard
1: bad. Giannis in the playoffs for 42 to 46 minutes a
0: night, guy. Yeah. And good. so you, you need to, to
1: stack up a bunch of guys who can do that.
0: Let Chris Boucher do it before Andre Iguodala steps foot in a Raptors uniform. Okay, and I have well, to cheer I mean, for him. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> if
1: Drew Holiday was on this team, would you like it any less?
0: How am I getting him his $26 million of Drew Holiday? Surge and Fred. Pass. Okay. I don't think that helps you get to a title more. The biggest thing of stopping Giannis Antetokounmpo is having Marc Gasol down in the paint and taking that away from him. Like, I didn't say Marcus Gasol's name. Oh, well, who would you surge? Serge? Serge I was like, no, I can't do it. Freddie V. What's the drop-off? Drew Alley getting- could be an all-star in the East. Yeah. And, he legit could. And, Drew, and so could Fred VanVleet. He was close. Fred VanVleet <laughs> was a fringe all-star. He what? doesn't get that injury. If Fred played out the entire half-season with no Kyle Lowry and Kyle's off the team because he's hurt, could Fred have made the all-star team? No.
1: And I, listen, I voted for
0: him. Brad, you voted for him and you're going to say no? I, I voted for him because I like him. Oh, uh, you vote. I, I, I love how I thought in my brain, like, you had an NBA All-Star vote, like it was a Hall of Fame vote when you are just saying you no. went online and voted for him. Yes, man. correct. In my brain, I'm like, you have a vote for the All-Star game? That's no. so impressive. JD. God, I'm stupid. Bradley Beal, yeah. who is
1: putting up ridiculous numbers. Yeah, loser town. And his wife will let you know about it. Mm-hmm was not an all-star
0: i watched kobe's 81 point game the other night and mike james put up numbers like lots of losers put up numbers but bradley Beal, like he's he's having a great yeah. year i
1: mean like sure. it's not his fault and, it, and actually his on off numbers are outstanding trey young is in the all-star game like lots of people on bad teams make the all-star team. yeah bradley Beal is pretty good i'm just saying yeah, he's good he's really good i'm not saying he's for the raptors to get a third all-star and bradley Beal not be in the game i think is a bit of a stretch. so we've got some new things for you this nba season and no it's not just Terrence davis playing so well we have a newsletter that'll break that down and so much more our weekly newsletter from nba editor Stephen leung it gives you original content opinion analysis you can't find it anywhere else, and it is delivered directly to you right in your inbox, sportsnet.ca slash newsletters. Just subscribe, and we got you.
0: We're really lockstep today, which is very, yeah, we're very lockstep. Scared that Messiah could leave for the same reasons, but also think it's not going to happen because of James Dolan. Uh, we're not lockstep on sentimentality. I think that you should be sentimental about this group. I think that the fan base matters. And ultimately, it's an entertainment product. And, and giving the fans what they want, which I think if you pulled most fans, hey, would you do this trade, trade X? Like, you know how people are bad at fake trades because they always overvalue their pieces? Dude, this is kind of the one time where I'm like, do that, overvalue your pieces, because they mean more to everyone.
1: No, no disrespect to fans. Fans are dumb.
0: Yeah. They no, are.
1: I, I'm one. Do you, do you know how many hateful messages I got after the Kawhi trade, when I said it doesn't matter if he leaves, this is a good trade, mm-hmm. and people were so mad because DeRozan had the loyalty tattoo, and because Kawhi was hurt at the time, mm-hmm. you can't base anything off of what fans want to do. Mm-hmm. I think we've learned You're saying this is different. I think we've learned in the last couple years that a popular vote is not the best way to decide things. Mm. I don't I'm know just, what you mean. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm just saying if it were, everything seems fine. If it were up to the fans, Matt
0: Bonner would still be on the team today. I mean, who doesn't need some spacing? You don't think Matt Bonner could knock it down still? How much better of a shooter is Matt Thomas today than Matt Bonner? Much better, probably. (laughs) I just needed to throw it out there. I would like to do some fake trades with you before we go. I've prepared a couple, and this is in direct contrast to the things that I've already said in terms of what I think they should do at the trade deadline. I just want a who says no and or... No, maybe, yes. Okay. Let me sleep on it. So according to Brad, Brad Townsend, the Mavs are kicking tires on Rondé Hollis Jefferson. They Except want a wing player. Lost they want Powell? They lost Powell. They need a guy who can step in, play defense, play that small ball role, give them some energy. Hollis Jefferson is expiring contract. He's as high as I'm willing to go up. This is my most cowardly trade, and it's also still an overvaluation. The Toronto Raptors trade Rondé Hollis Jefferson and a second-round pick. For Jalen Brunson,
1: so like president's choice version of Fred VanVleet, like what? Why
0: I love Jalen Brunson. Well, I, here's why.
1: So Kyle is happy that he has a Villanova guy. Like,
0: wh- yeah. what What was here's the point here's why. We've seen before that the Raptors. It gives you a little bit of flexibility when it comes to your ball handlers. Like now you have a guy who can play in your second unit if you start Fred and Kyle who can step in, give you good minutes, who's a great crunch time player, who still plays crunch time for the Mavericks all the time. He's really good. I think the Mavericks actually say no to this. But you add a ball handler who has a little bit of term on his contract, which gives you a little bit of flexibility when it comes to the negotiations with Fred Van Vliet. It gives you a little bit of insurance if you lose one of your two point guards who have been banged up this season. It gives you someone who's like a lot better of a ball handler than Patrick McCaw if one of those two guys goes down. It's an area of need for a clutch player who fits the mentality of the team who plays like the guards you have.
1: And a second round pick? No. Like, no. Point guards are a dime a dozen. Three of the first four picks in the draft are going to be point guards. Raptors aren't going to get any of them. But there are a bunch. The Oklahoma City Thunder have three point guards mm-hmm. that are better than Jalen Brunson. Like mm-hmm. I just don't think. No. And, and that, I really like Jalen Brunson. I, 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 like, I like him too. But that, that don't impress me
0: much. So I would say yes to that trade.
1: Okay.
0: Even with my whole spiel about sentimentality, all these things, it doesn't extend. To, sorry, mom. Mom's favorite player, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. We went to the game on Sunday together and not in the lineup against the Chicago Bulls. She's like, Marcus Gasol, who cares? one Powell, who cares? She's like, is Ronnie Hollis Jefferson back? I'm like, I don't think so. She's like devastated by it. It's really, really tough. And she had to watch McCaw. It was like, it was tough. At least Terrence Davis went off for 31 points, which was really, really fun. All right. This is my a lot more fun trade. The Detroit Pistons call. And they say, you know what? We couldn't get the fut- Casey for Nick Nurse. No, we couldn't get the uh, speaking of things fans were wrong about. Ooh, tough one. Tough one for Uh, the old fans. I was wrong. I was not. I was always on the right side of history with that one. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take one of my wins where they do. The Toronto Raptors call. Listen, you can't get a first round pick for D Rose, but what you can have is Terrence Davis and Norm Powell. Who says no?
1: Wait, wait, wait. For
0: Derek Rose? The Raptors trade Norm Powell, who is... Playoff pal, so I'm not going to say he's not proven in the playoffs. And Terrence Davis for Derrick Rose. You have to throw in a secondary contract here. It's going to be a crappy player. It's not going to be anyone that plays for you. It's going to be probably, I think when I did this trade yesterday, I had uh, Tim Fraser.
1: They don't even finish talking, and I say no. Like, no. They are one of the teams. I also
0: say no, by the way.
1: They are one of the teams that if you've been – paying attention or been listening that are w- going to be willing to throw the bag at fred van Lee because they they see him as someone who could be a lead guard they have derrick rose in their building right now mm-hmm. we, talk, we want to talk about fringe
0: all-stars i suppose mm-hmm. he was a fringe all-star as well derrick rose fred. is the only good thing that's happened to that team this season like he's been great he's not a better three-point shooter nope he's
1: not a better defender but let me just so, ask you so this. W- are, he's not a better facilitator. So,
0: I mean, he has uh, a lifetime. He is the Norman Terrence? For sure he is. No, no, no. no. than Fred. Oh, but I'm not. Fred's not on the deal here. Whose minutes is he taking? This is it. So, this is what's happening here. You're now looking at your team and saying you have a guy. You feel more comfortable closing and scoring in isolation. Norm might be that guy. And he's shown flashes of being that guy. But he's not Derek Rose pedigree of a, of a closer. Neither so is Terrence. he's playing
1: at the two? Is that what you're saying?
0: He is playing at the two. Or you're playing small ball lineups where you're employing three guards, just like your Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm just saying that the one concern with pa- – I'm playing devil's advocate three here. Three
1: guards can defend.
0: I'm playing devil's advocate here. Your one concern with the Raptors is what? Heading into the postseason. Whether or not Pascal Siakam can score in crunch time. Whether or not – I don't think Kyle Lowry should be the guy that's taking the final shot anymore. I don't think it's Fred Van Vliet until his feet are set. But it's talking about like an isolation score who can go get you a bucket. Out of a timeout, your team is down one point. Your team is tied. You need someone to score. Derek Rose, whether you like it or not, does he? This is the question does he get you closer to a title having that component on your team, something the Raptors have been missing, minus when Powell has been hot?
1: No. Okay. you're acting like he's Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford and it's just this amazing professional scorer in isolation. No, he's closer to Mike James, who you referenced. No, the guy don't be a, disrespectful. On a bad to team where I have someone has to take shots that can really cook. So, I mean, the Dude. name sounds nice, and he has a lifetime Adidas contract. So he has some some publicity, but he, at this point, he's not a better
0: player derrick rose especially in, his, in the way that he plays derrick rose over the season is averaging 19 points a game six assists a steal two and a half turnovers a game and he's shooting at a 50 percent rate as a guard he's shooting 32 percent from three yeah what's his usage rate high he's that's, being yeah like, that's the problem because that's not
1: because that's not going to be the case in toronto but how is, is that I'm a problem
0: saying. i'm just saying do you not think that i'm just asking you this one question now if your life depends on it mm-hmm. and you got to get a bucket at the end of a game this raptors team you just need one point. Are you taking Derrick Rose or anyone on this Raptors team?
1: I'm taking Pascal Siakam Okay, Kyle that's Lawrence. a fair answer. But, I'm not but, saying it's but wrong. I think my point is that getting yourself to the situation where you need a bucket at the end of the game, I trust those other players okay. more so than I do Derrick hey, Rose.
0: Listen, I, I agree. This was just a, a, the, my fun trade that I wanted to put together. My other one was this. This is not... This, the contracts don't match up here. They'd have to figure something else out. I spent like 20 minutes on the trade machine trying to make this work. The principles of the trade, and we let Bobby Webster and all the nerds who understand the cap and the math figure out the rest in terms of adding a third team or however this works. The principles of the trade are Fred Van Vliet for Buddy Heald. Who says no? Buddy Heald, upset in Sacramento, horrible culture. A guy like Fred Van Vliet, much more attractive. Heald is on a really good contract, he's a shooter. He's not the best defender. He hurts you in that regard, but you have enough pieces to make up for him. He's been a malcontent, but he's a knockdown three-point shooter who gives you a little bit more size and who can score in isolation. Who says no?
1: So I think the Kings say no because they are already pretty point guard heavy.
0: Yep, they have, they have De'Aaron Fox, but can you move De'Aaron? I, you're right, but can why, you... Why would you move De'Aaron No, no, Fox sorry. I was going to say, no, I was going to say, can you move Fred Van Vliet to the two like he basically plays with the Raptors?
1: Isn't that what Corey Joseph is doing?
0: Yeah, but you're not changing your franchise because of Corey Joseph as your backup. They just gave him money this offseason. So move him to the
1: bench. I guess. It's just the way they've constructed their team, it doesn't seem like that would be the logical move to take a player at a position of need, Mm -hmm. remove him to add a player at a position of theoretical strength, if not by skill, but certainly by numbers. I think something that would be more plausible is if what if the Los Angeles Lakers said, we need a guard. How about we get Fred and Bleed for someone who we have devalued and depressed no. Kyle
0: Kuzma? No. 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 Like, no. Kyle Kuzma. No, no, no. Kyle Kuzma's trying to get on Temptation Island, okay? Like, that's what his life goal is. It's like, that's where he wants to be. Temptation he Island He doesn't Canada. want to be wearing rings. He's like, oh, how do I get on
1: Temptation Island? When we start filming... Yeah. Temptation Island Canada in yeah. PEI. Yeah, exactly. Kyle, you could be there. No, Kyle's. I, <laughs> yeah. I I will he's, see. He's that like, can I be Bachelor Canada. There is a now short but legit history. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram.
0: Oh, of guys who have left the Lakers and better. Who have
1: left the Lakers? I don't know if
0: Ball's better. Ball stock is the same.
1: He's not. He's not worse. They're, put <laughs> yeah, it this way because he couldn't they're, be. They're, they're willing to part. From Drew Holiday. Yeah. So they think he's better. Yeah. Who have left the Lakers and with I feel no way about real situations and real opportunity have revitalized their careers. And the the guy who they valued internally more than any of those guys, because they wouldn't put him in a deal, is Kuzma. Yep. And now Big the mistake. situations have changed. But could Kuzma in a different situation, you have a guy who can shoot threes. Is a, He can go from a 3-4, still a young athletic, on a pretty good contract as of right now. Mm-hmm. Could that be someone where, he, oh, man, in the right situation, he takes a step or two? This is a guy who's on Team USA. Yeah, so I'm just not
0: moving Fred VanVleet for him. That's all. It's just here's, here's my problem with the Kuzma But you may, but you may
1: lose Fred VanVleet anyways.
0: Yeah, I know. Okay, if you find that out, maybe you're trying to trade him. I just think you could get more back. Here's my problem with Kuzma. is like, where is he playing? It's the Lakers' problem. It's like, you're starting your bigs. Like, one of your bigs is closing. You're not playing Siakam at the five. Siakam's playing the four, and he's not a, he's not a three. Like he, needs, I,
1: I'm not certain he's not a three.
0: I mean, the Lakers have kind of tried to make him a three, and he's not a three. So I just I, – I don't see it. I don't see the fit. I just feel like he comes off and he ends up being a bench scorer. It's like you're trading a starter in Fred Van Vliet, a guy who's just this incredible defensive guy who can knock down a huge shot for you, who's proven it in the past, who your team loves, who fits with the composition of the group. I know that you're only throwing as a hypothetical, and you don't, you're don't. you saying no to that deal as well, right? I think I'm just saying I'm taking all of the
1: principles that you yep. had in the Buddy Heald deal, and I don't think it makes sense for the Kings. But if you had the same logic, you could shift it and do it with the Lakers, and I think that would make sense because they're a team that's desperate for a point guard, specifically a point guard who doesn't necessarily need the ball, is comfortable with it, can catch and shoot but we will defend. I mean, Fred Van
0: Vliet... No, but Fred Van Vliet does that on every team. The problem is... is Th- that's that, why the Lakers would be interesting. I know, but... He would be their Derek Fisher. But who's the, Raptors point, who's the Raptors' other guard now? McCaw? That's what I'm saying. Like, if you used it for the Kings taking position of strength...
1: The same would be said if the Raptors traded him to Sacramento. Buddy he would be your point guard?
0: No, but at least with Buddy Heald, now you have, like, a guard. You have another guy who's playing your starting shooting guard role. No, Norm Powell, essentially, and Terrence Davis are your backup point guards at that point.
1: But if you traded Van Vliet to the Lakers... That would be the same thing. Right? Yeah, I just, you're not I getting a
0: point guard back. I know, but it's more like the position of strength thing. It's like you're still getting what I think in healed as a position of weakness more for the Raptors than a power forward who can shoot and stretch the four. Give me those uh, minutes for him. Before we go, can I ask you something that I asked Ben Ennis today on Good Show? Sure. Is OG Ananobi the funniest athlete who's ever existed in Toronto?
1: i put you on Valentino. Right. I'll put you on uh, denim jackets. OG, stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Uh, I put you on a hair impressive. OG, you say you put me in fashion. Wow.
0: You're blitzing. on I hoodie. think I'm done here. I put you... I'm done. I don't, put I, you on... I don't do... I don't do I, I'm done. I put you on scarves. You know what we done here today, OG? But, did I put you on if scarves? you say you put me in the fashion, then we done today. What about we scarves? Done. But what about scarves? That clip of him in a baka, like going over the fashion, his video to Danny Green on his birthday where he's like, I guess you're 31 or 32. Uh, my birthday's coming up soon, but today's your day, so that's whatever. Like, I just... I think OG Ananobi is not athlete funny. I think he's like real life hilariously funny guy.
1: See, I don't think he's trying to be funny. I just think that the fact that he's not trying to be funny
0: makes it funny. He's so funny. I would – if if I found out that OG Ananobi had a like 20-episode series coming out on Netflix and it was him going shopping with his different teammates or going to dinner and just doing things or if they just said, hey – all the Raptors behind the scenes content is now just OG and Inobi only. I'd be thrilled. I, I would be binging it. I would be. I would be paying whatever subscription sur- price to any service to watch more OG and Enobi content.
1: But Chris Rock is funny. Yes, Kevin Hart no, is funny. They they're hilarious. Jokes, they're funny. Just s- watching OG experience life is funny. Kevin Hart is actually of underrated. Him
0: is funny, but he himself is not inherently funny. Uh, this is a hot take, but Kevin Hart is underrated for this reason. He's his movies suck and he's not funny in movies, but his stand up is great. And people don't really think of him as a stand up comedian because he's gotten so big and so far past that. But you almost watch Kevin Hart's stand up being like, This probably won't be very good. And it's amazing. It's I only, so good.
1: Well, I only watch his stand up, I don't see any of his movies. So my only relationship to him <laughs> is his <the> stand up.
0: <laughs> I can't. I, it's so good. Well, this I mean, was, that wasn't a joke. I know, but was, that was thing. OG funny. I just made I, a statement. I got to tell you. This was a really great podcast by you today. If I was going to rate you out of five stars, I'd give you a full five. Like, you were on fire today. Temptation Island, Kevin Hart, like, it just, it was great. Your takes, pretty good, minus that Andrew Wiggins thing that you tried to throw in there a bit and chew, chew horn into the end of the podcast. Actually, 4.9 stars for the Andrew Wiggins thing, minus 0.1 of a star for that. But other than that, you were real close. You were real close to a no-hitter today. Thank you. You're welcome. Just felt like I needed to insert that. Um, go buy a scarf anyways OG I love you I love this Raptors team don't trade anybody please have a heart this is free association subscribe 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 to Sportsnet's YouTube channel if you like watching us here subscribe to our podcast on iTunes leave a review if you like this podcast if you don't just screw Um, and you probably do if you're this far in the pod anyways and yeah share and like and do all those things that we always appreciate anything else for you to say yeah. I gave you the five stars, and you're like, "Yep, nope, I gotta shut down." No, this, yeah,
1: they're already bored of us.
0: I think we're still getting laughed. <laughs> All right, it's free association Thanks for listening. I naturally uh, and please clap after this. I hate the Knicks yes. and don't yeah. care. Are you ready?